Welcome to Bathroom Mirror Teachings. Well, I wanted to share tonight. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was reading The Law and the Promise by Neville Goddard. And, you know, this stuck out to me. So let me read it to you. And then I'll elaborate what my understanding is. It says, Commit yourself to the feeling of the wish fulfilled in faith that this act of self-commission will become a reality. And it must become a reality because imagining creates reality. Some would say, oh, I agree, or some would say I disagree because we only think imagination is this far-off thing. That's not the case. The temptations sang about just their imagination. But think about it. My favorite one, Michelangelo. Where was David created first? In his imagination. And then we have men like Nikola Tesla. Do you think he just woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to make this? No, it was in his imagination first. Everything that we see around us has come out of the imagination. Because it just has. Elon Musk, he created the Tesla, the electric car, came out of his imagination. You have an idea for a business. What do you do? You write a business plan. What are you doing? You're taking it out of your head and creating it is what you're doing. Everything comes out of your imagination. So Neville also says, Imagine only such states that are of value or promise well. But what does that mean? Well, everything that you imagine with feeling, you're planting seeds. Here's an example. So if you are working with a bunch of people and somebody just grinds your gears and what do you do? You have this imaginary conversation in your head with them and you're telling them off and whatever, whatnot. And you know, something funny happens. When you see that person, something will trigger it and you'll end up telling that person off. Why? Because you've already done it in your imagination. Chances are you didn't just do it once. And because this person, when you see them, riles you in such a way, there is such a powerful emotion behind it. That's the fuel for the imagination, you know, the feeling. So you're having this imaginary conversation in your head and it feels real to you so that when you encounter this person, you tell them off because something triggered you that they did. So when Neville says, imagine only such states that are of value or promise well, it means you do not sit there and you go over in your head how your mother hurt you, how your father hurt you, how your grandmother hurt you, how you feel abandoned. You don't do those things because they have no value and they do not promise well. Because what they do is they continually keep you in that state. And what is a state? A state is a habitual mood that you always turn to by default, because you practice it so much. So if your mood is Debbie Downer, 
It doesn't matter what happens. You're always going to have that rain cloud over your head. But if your mood is, oh, Care Bear, it doesn't matter what you see. You are always in that state of being. So imagining certain things will, will feed the state that you are in. And if you want to change your state, you can't change your state from Debbie Downer to Care Bear if you continually feed Debbie Downer. This is why if you want to change your state, you have to be, what's the word? Consistent and faithful to the state that you want to be in. So if you want to be Care Bear, then the things that you think about the feelings that you have, the things you have in your imagination must feed Care Bear. I'm trusting that that makes sense. Because he also says, to attempt to change circumstances before you change your imaginal activity is to struggle against the very nature of things. There can be no outer change until there is first an imaginal change. Everything you do unaccompanied by an imaginal change is but futile readjustment of surfaces. Imagining we do it all day, every day. This is why it's so easy because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Thoth or Thoth says the same thing. What's that image in your mind, in your imagination? He may say it a different way, but it's the same thing. That's what we do because we're creators. You see it in your imagination. And Neville says, you live it from the end. Live it because it has already happened. It's cause and effect. Every cause has an effect. The desire is the cause. So if you desire something, you already have it. Because everything has already been created. But you have to stay faithful. You can't get into this, oh, looking for the signs. Oh, I used to be doing that. I still do it, I think, looking for the signs. But signs, that's not the way it works. The evidence follows. It doesn't proceed. That's how come when you have a crime, if the crime hasn't been committed, then there won't be any evidence. But once the crime has been committed, there is evidence. And I think sometimes we confuse evidence with signs. Oh, give me a sign that I'm on the right track. What are you imagining? What are you feeling? Are you imagining that this is what you desire and you already have it? Are you staying faithful to that? Because if we don't see the signs, we tend to say, oh, well, nothing's happening, so I'll just stop because this doesn't work. Well, I've done that. <laughs> I still do it. And I have to remind myself, hey, this is how we do it now. So when you are imagining your desire and having it fulfilled because it already is it is done the minute you have the desire it's like you ask the question the answer is there 
you don't keep asking the question, then you have the answer. The only reason you would keep asking is because the answer, the question hasn't been answered. Same thing for the desire. If you have to keep, if you don't feel satisfied, then in other words, satisfaction is the key to the, to the, the desire being fulfilled. Wow, that's a mouthful. Satisfaction is the key. It's the feeling of the desire being fulfilled. If you feel satisfied, like I do after a bowl of kale, <laughs> even, listen, before I get home, I've already made that kale in my mind and I can taste it. That's how emotionally invested I am in kale that I can drive somewhere and say, oh, I must have kale and I can already taste it. But then when I get home, and I, I make it and I take that first bite. It is, oh, it is such satisfaction, let me tell you, right? But that's, that's part of the imagination, feeling it real. Neville always says that. You have to feel it real. Just like the person who pissed you off. See, this is the thing. We're so good at that. We're so good at the other side. But then when somebody says to feel it real on the other side, we dig our heels in and go, oh, that doesn't work. Well, yes, it does. Because I can call a name right now. And all these emotions will come up and I'll be so blue vexed. I'll be mad. And that feels so real to me to tell this person off. It feels so real in my head, in my imagination. So why then, if I want that promotion, if I desire that promotion, do I struggle with the feeling, oh my goodness, Angela, congratulations. You were so deserving of that promotion. I am so pleased that we chose you for it. Congratulations, Angela. You're the best person for the job. Why is saying that and feeling that a challenge? Why? Because of the state that we're in. If your state is normally one of, ugh, not again. Nothing good ever happens to me. If you're in that state, then of course, it's going to be a challenge for you to recognize that you are absolutely amazing. And be in that state. You have to find the thing. I, I find sometimes if you find the thing that you are absolutely phenomenal at, because you can't lie to yourself. <laughs> you can try but you can't do it. You can lie to somebody else, but you cannot lie to yourself. This is why you have to say things you believe. Feel things you believe. Feeling it real. You have to change your state. If you want that Care Bear state, then there's something that you do already naturally that you are phenomenal at then that's where you start because it's easy because it's supposed to be easy. You're not supposed to struggle. And you know, people will say it all day, every day. Oh, you got to work hard. You got to struggle. You got to fight. You know what you've got to fight or sometimes struggle with, in my opinion, is changing that state. It's never the outside. 
And the image that came to mind for me one day when I, when I thought about, oh, I was reading somebody's um, Instagram post when they said they, you know, they busted their ass, they, they worked this many jobs, they did this, blood, sweat, and tears. And I thought, oh, like even hearing it doesn't sit well with me. Uh, there's nothing wrong with working hard. But I think the working hard has to come with you're looking at the state that you're currently in and you're looking at the state you want to be in. And every time you start to deviate from the state that you want to be in and bring yourself back to that, that's the hard work. That is where the effort should be. That is where the blood, sweat, and tears should be. Taking you from Debbie Downer to Care Bear. Right in there. In that imagination. Because Neville says, if you are going to try and change the external, it'll be a struggle. Because nothing changes outside unless the inside changes. So, but that's the thing with the law though. The laws that govern the universe. They work. Depending on how you, it doesn't matter, they work. Whatever you believe it, it works. Henry Ford says it. If you think you're right, then you are. If you think you're wrong, then you are. It doesn't discriminate. The law doesn't discriminate. But you have to know how to use it. Use it consciously. And you know, oddly enough, a manifestation story. I did this back in 2008. I used to have this cute little Chevy Sprint, an 87 Chevy Sprint. Oh my God, it was so cute. It was standard. I loved that car. I felt like a race car rally driver, you know? And then I got pregnant with my son. My father says to me, listen, you need a car. You can't drive this car. And I thought to myself, well, uh, I don't really make a lot of money. Uh, wh where am I going to get a car from? Like, pff, what, am, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so I said, okay, I need a car. And that was my desire. Unknowingly, that's what I did. And so I went to the grocery store. I went to Planet Organic. And in the parking lot was a car. And it was wrapped with advertising. And so the person who was driving the car came out and I said, hey, how did you get that car? And so they gave me all the information and I went home that day. This was probably a week later from my father telling me I needed a car. And then I went home and I called that person. And do you know, within a week, I was driving a car and all I had to do was pay the gas and insurance. <laughs> And I went from a 1987 Chevy Sprint to a 2008 Toyota Yaris, brand new car, all within a week. And I was like, when I look back at that, because you know what triggered that for me? I was reading Neville. And I was like, wait, I've done this. I've done this. I've manifested before. Yeah, but out of my ignorance, I did. So Neville says... You have to consciously create things because he says, if you consciously create, you are the master of your fate. You see how that works? Instead of saying, oh, this person is holding me back. No, they're not. You are holding you back. I am holding me back. As long as we read that to you again, 
It says, "The man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating, realizes more and more that the drama of life is imaginal, not physical." The man who is aware of what he is imagining knows what he is creating. Create consciously, don't create from ignorance. Because then you create from ignorance and you think you're powerless still because you don't have a clue as to what you're doing. So I said all of that to say, this is a fun experience. Life is meant to be pleasurable and enjoyable and all of our interactions are meant to be beautiful. And so when we encounter things that rub us the wrong way, use that as an opportunity when you see it. Oh, believe me, I see mine like a red flag, <laughs> you know, and I just don't like it, but I don't judge it, right? I simply look at that state. I look at the Debbie Downer and I say, hmm, I want Care Bear. And so then the coolest thing happens. What was annoying me before doesn't annoy me anymore. Not because it's gone somewhere else, but because I've made the choice that I am going to stay faithful to the state that I know is mine, which is the Care Bear state. So, and do I want to read you one more thing before you go to sleep? <laughs> Imagine only such states that are of value or promise well. Imagine only such states that are of value or promise well. I don't think that needs an explanation, but if you need one, let me remind you. Spend your time imagining your desires being fulfilled, that they are fulfilled, instead of spending your time reminiscing about all the bad stuff that has happened to you in your life. And if you continue, because if you continually do that, redirect the baby. I think I gave you that analogy a long time ago. Redirect the baby. The baby is going to go towards the stove because it is curious. What are you going to do? Are you going to holler at the baby? Are you going to shake the baby? Are you going to beat the baby? The baby has no idea what you're saying. That's your subconscious. But redirect the baby. Pick up the baby and put it in front of its toys. So every time you get that image in your imagination that is not of value and does not promise well, redirect it to an imagination that promises well and that is of value to you. That's what you do. And that will help you also to stop beating yourself up. And feeling like, oh God, I'm so stupid, I can never get this done. How come this is so hard? When you redirect the baby, you can only redirect the baby out of gentleness. 
You can only redirect yourself out of gentleness. And that will do something. It will create a gentle state within you. Let me say it to you again before I bid you good night. Imagine only such states that are of value or promise well. Much love.